Hi, my name is Kirk Hamilton, your host of the Staying Healthy Today Show. This is a show where we bring you key experts in the fields of nutrition, prevention, integrative, and lifestyle medicine. We also review the medical literature and review case studies. Today's show topic is a case of reversing heart disease in the heart of Texas. Our guest today is a Mr. Ken Stone. He is a vice president of a cable and rebar company in the Dallas uh, Fort Worth area, and he was a Cruising along with his life and his health from the age of, oh, about 40 to 53, he was put on Crestor, a statin drug, but other than high cholesterol, uh, he wasn't uh, really, had, didn't, had no symptoms of heart disease. And uh, then at the age of 53, something happened. He had a heart attack, and that's what I want to talk to him about because 14 months later, he ran the Dallas Turkey Trot. So welcome, Ken. Thanks for coming on the show today. Well, thanks for having me. So... Tell us a little bit about how you, what you do for a living and then how you kind of ended up with this heart situation. Okay. Well, I have always been around the construction industry, a, a kind of a stone family tradition, as well as my son is also doing it, so we, we're keeping that going. But uh, I'm an officer of a, of a company in Fort Worth that supplies any kind of concrete supply that's, that that uh, people might need, you know, rebar, post-tension cable, uh, accessories, lumber, you know, so it's kind of like a lumber yard for the concrete industry. And, uh, you know, just clicking along doing my thing, and my son and I were fishing 14 months ago down on the Colorado River, and I had a little tightness in my chest that, that woke me up in the middle of the night, and, you know, I thought maybe I'd just pulled a muscle or something, and, you uh, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't like the elephant sitting on you like you hear about. It was kind of a kind of a non-issue. It wasn't real painful or anything. But you know, the next morning we woke up and did a little fishing, and it, it wouldn't go away. And I mentioned something to my son, and you know, he said, "You know, let's just go let's go get this checked out." And uh, so we walked into an emergency room in Smithville, Texas, and. Uh, you tell you what, if you want to get a little attention, say you walk into an emergency room and say you have a chest pain, because <laughs> they really jumped on me and uh, and they did a great job in this little town. Next thing I know, I'm on a helicopter flying to Austin and a little town outside of Austin, Kyle, and uh, they wheeled me in and put three stents in, and uh, you know before I knew it, I'm I'm waking up you know on the hospital bed and they're telling me I've had a heart attack and you know have severe heart disease and you know we need to potentially look at bypass surgery as soon as we can but you know we can't do anything right now because you know you're on blood thinners and you have three stents so as soon as we can you know we'll we'll fix you all up and get you get you set up with uh bypass surgery that's how it happened <laughs> so so prior to that you had a, a grandfather died of a heart attack at 76 your dad died of open heart complications uh, surgery at the age of 68, but you were just on Crestor. You had no other symptoms? Or your doctors That's weren't... correct. No symptoms. I had been um, going to the doctor ever since my dad, you know, was diagnosed with high cholesterol. Uh, and, of course, it was my cholesterol total was over 300 the first time they checked it. So, you know, immediately put me on Crestor. Uh, it got it in check. Uh, never had high blood pressure. You know, I, I never had any symptoms of of heart disease other than just, you know, in the genes. And then, you know, we, my wife even said something to our doctor one time, you know, it's like, hey, let's at least do a nuclear test just to be sure, you know, nuclear stress test or something. Isn't there something we can do to 
And, you know, his response is, you know, hey, you've got good uh, blood pressure is good, always has been, you know, cholesterol's in check. You know, I can't order up that real expensive test because, you know, your insurance won't pay for it because you have no symptoms. Let me ask you, what, what was your, when you say your cholesterol was in check, do you have any numbers? Um, it was below, a, uh, the, the bad cholesterol was below 100. The total was below 200. Yeah, half a heart attacks happen between 150 and, and 200. But so, okay, yeah. so that was in check in the 160s and your LDL was below 100. Correct. Okay. You have a situation where, uh, you know, they said when you get stable or, uh, you know, later you might consider bypass. So before I get to what your diet went to, what was your diet when it was 300? Well, I was just eating the Western diet to the tilt. I mean, hamburger, French fries. I mean, I think I was the French fry king. Uh, I want to write a book someday, and one of the chapters will be the search for the greatest chicken fried steak in America because that was one of my favorites, you know. Uh, but, no, I was not eating anywhere like you sh- I should have. I mean, a lot of fried foods, uh, oil. Uh, I mean, I just thought – I really thought that because – my cholesterol was, was okay, and my blood pressure was good. Uh, I was not doing hardly any exercising either, but I just, you know, I felt like I was okay. I felt like I was healthy. And, you know, I went to the doctor every year and uh, got checked, and, you know, they'd tell me to exercise and lose a little weight, but other than that, good to go. So well, I thought everything was fine. So let's say, what would you have for breakfast on the, your pre-heart attack diet? Uh, pre-heart attack? hardly ever ate breakfast but if i did it was you know eggs and bacon and uh burritos you know breakfast burritos with sausage and you know i'm from uh originally born around austin so the sausage thing runs in our blood too i mean sausage was a staple i mean the, the greasier and nastier the better <laughs> did you have, what did you drink for breakfast uh milk you know orange juice milk that kind of thing and how about lunch? What was a typical lunch at a busy... Uh, lunch would be either uh, in a hurry and catch a w- double meat water burger with cheese and french fries or, you know, go to lunch with a vendor or a, a customer and, you know, probably eating a fried catfish or barbecue or, you know, something like that. And dinner? And dinner was probably a lot better because my wife was much better eater than me, but... Uh, you know, it would still be a you know big spread of spaghetti or meatballs or or uh, you know fried chicken or stuff like that. So your diet wasn't the 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 big sugar diet; it was the meat fat diet. Correct. Yes, sir. Okay. So then, what did your your doctors after your heart attack give you any instruction aside from going on some medicines, putting the stents on diet at all? Um, you know, in the hospital. They come around and, you know, give you the heart-healthy pamphlets and, you know, uh, which is mainly what I can remember is, you know, eat lean meat and not too much and and chicken and fish and, uh, but it was, it's it's pretty, pretty bland. I mean, it wasn't like uh, we really need to change your diet. It was more like, okay, you've had a, a heart incident, so here's all the, the resources and pamphlets, and you need to start eating better and uh, and doing some exercise. So after your stint, you were on um, the, the anticoagulants, the blood thinners. You were also 
stayed on your statin drug, I'm sure. Yes, I was uh, um, the statin, the blood thinner, and then the um, there was one other one. Uh, I forget the name of it. It was uh, it kind of slows down your heart. Yeah, it's uh, a beta a beta blocker. Beta block. Yes, that's it. Okay. So that's what they put me on. So, did you have a? Were they pushing to do a bypass, or or did you have a? You know, I mean, you have a choice, but was that something yes. that was in the mix, so to speak? Well, the way that that happened is they we got a copy of the of the test, what they were doing, all the stamps, and the, I guess that's the angiogram. Yes. What's yeah? Yeah, angiogram. And so, so once we got that CD, um, we were we came back home and we called uh, you know to get a, a cardiologist close by here, uh, and during that process, we sent the test to my friend State Autry, who you had on your show just a few days ago, uh, who's a heart doctor in Midland, and um, some kind of souped up. I know there's a lot of different names for what he does. Yeah, he's, he's, a cardi- <laughs> he's a cardiac surgeon, so he's just... He's a- yes, okay. So I sent it to him, and you know, he, he is literally the, the oldest, best friend that I've got. I mean, when I say lifelong friend, I mean, when they brought me back from the hospital, he was my next door neighbor. Uh, you know, we went to high school together, roommates in college, you know, in each other's weddings. I mean, you, know, you can't get any closer friend than that, you know. And so I sent him the test. And, you know, I'm expecting, you know, hey, buddy, we'll, we, we can do this, and here's what, here's what we need to do. And, you know, he looked it over, and you know, he called me up one night and said, yeah, I agree. You've got severe heart disease, and you need a bypass. You know, we need to go in there and just totally fix it up. And so, I mean, that was a real shock. I mean, up until then, you know, it wasn't painful. I mean, I was back at work the next day. I mean, I didn't miss any time. It was kind of a non-event. I, I was uneducated as to how critical this thing was. So that was the wake-up call, you know, when my best bud says, yeah, you're in trouble, you know. And uh, then, you know, he says, now there is another way. He goes, but, you know, you remember about a year ago, I told you this diet that I was on and this lifestyle change that I've done, and you know you need to read this book and you need to watch this video. And um, he said that's really the only you know your only two options. And so you know at that point, we go read the book and watch the video. And you know I'm I'm kind of a, uh, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I can look and go okay here's what I've got six months to a year I'm. I'm doing open heart surgery, or I can try this lifestyle change and uh, and and diet. And it was kind of a no-brainer. I mean, who wouldn't do that? Is you know my thought. So, and I can remember even stating saying, you know, look, this is not for everybody because it's all or nothing. I mean, you can't halfway do it. I mean, you have to do it, you know, exactly like they say. And I said, well, I'm I'm motivated. I mean, I don't think you realize, you know, so. That's how we got started. So, Staten, uh, Doctor Doctor Autry, who's a cardiovascular surgeon, your buddy, um, he had switched over to this prior. I mean, he had been doing it prior this to lifestyle change to prevent reverse heart disease program by Doctor Caldwell Esselton is what we're talking about. Um, and so, he had already started to do this on himself. Yes, about a year before my heart attack, maybe a little longer, maybe. 18 months. Oh, what a blessing to have your best friend do that who's a cardiovascular surgeon. That gives a that No gives, kidding. That gives some credibility to, you know, trying to make that, you know, scary jump for people. Um That's right. So, yeah. all right. So, let's talk about what you did then. 
Okay. At that point, it was it was really remarkable. I, you know, and when I talk to people, you know, I don't I don't just start talking about this because a lot of times, I mean, people don't believe you. I mean, they don't they don't believe it's possible. But you know, so until I someone really acts interested, I, I'm careful about talking about it because it, it, it's it's interesting how it worked. But I mean, within 60 days. I mean, it, it was not a long period of time. Uh, I went in to talk to the cardiologist, the local cardiologist, to have a a, a, um, a test done. The um, what's the name of the test that measures the blood that comes out of your heart? Uh, Echocar- echocardiogram. Echocardiogram. Yeah. yeah. So we go in for this test, and it's only been two months since we've been doing this, and we're thinking. My wife and I are thinking that we're going to have to really talk to this guy and say, look, we really want to try this diet. You know, let's don't start scheduling any surgeries or, you know, what do you think? We thought we were going to really have a battle. So we go in to have my, uh, my numbers run for my cholesterol. And then we're, before I even get to the cardiologist, they're calling me from the lab saying, cut your cholesterol in half. Your, your, uh, your cholesterol is too low. It had dropped to below, the bad cholesterol had dropped to below 30, <laughs> just in 60 days. It was amazing. And so now I take half a cholesterol every day. So immediately that happened. Uh, my good cholesterol had gone up into the, it was, it started below 40 and it had gone up a little over 40. Uh, and so we met with the cardiologist and the uh, echocardiogram came back and said the heart was well within normal range, that, that I had no heart damage, uh, you, you, were, you were in good shape there. So the heart itself was uh, normal. And so we get, uh, we get through with this, uh, with our meeting, and he says, okay, you know, we'll see you in six months. And we said, well, well, wait a minute, we want to talk to you a little bit about you know, what we're doing. And so we told him what we were doing, and, uh, you know, it was almost like they take the book for most people and put, they close that book and move it over here. And then it's like they pulled another book out and said, oh, these guys are, are really trying to make something happen with their lifestyle. Because immediately, I mean, they, they were like, that's, you don't know, we, you can forget that. We don't worry about having surgery in six months. We had no idea you were going to make this kind of change. And by that time, I'd already lost about 30 pounds. I mean, the weight was just falling off of me. Uh, I mean, it, it was that was another thing. That just happens. You know, when you eat like that, uh, your weight will, will find its normal uh, measurement for what your body style is, you know. And uh, But anyway, that, you know, it was just remarkable how fast it happened. And, uh, and then it just kept going from there. So your surgeon was actually... Um very open once, I mean, excited, I guess it sounds like, and supportive once you told him, or your cardiologist was, excuse me, uh, what you had done, correct? Correct. And and so, correct. They, and so they weren't pushing bypass after your first meeting because you've had such improvement, correct? That's, that's correct. And also doing the cardio rehab, you know, doing the mm-hmm. exercising. Uh, and so between those people seeing what was happening, you know, the ones that were running that program, uh, and then the cardiologist as well. I mean, I, it, it was it was very they were very quick to 
get off of the uh, bypass surgery when they saw what I was doing. So in the in the cardiac rehab, before we actually need to tell people what diet you went on, but before in the cardiac rehab, did they instruct you on diet or did they just what did they say? Um, very much like the hospital. Very much like here's resources. You know, eat right. You know, um, stay away from the uh, fried foods and but but nothing. I mean, they were I mean, certainly uh, okay with with meat, chicken, fish, you know, just in modern, more, preaching more of moderation than anything. Right. And it was more of an exercise program rehab? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, let's jump into the, what you did. So let's talk about what you ate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and, and then what that change was like. So what was for breakfast on this new, uh, and, and, and did you go visit Dr. Esselton or no? I did. I went to the, um, one of his conferences in Cleveland and, um, you know, Dr. Esselton, I mean, that was another thing that was just amazing. I emailed him what my uh, numbers were, my cholesterol numbers, and I guess I'm trying to remember how how that came about, but I emailed him just to tell him that, that I was doing well, and he called. I mean, I'm driving to work one morning, and, and this number I didn't recognize, you know, and he called me, and he said, I just wanted see how you're doing and, and, uh, you know, uh, let's look at doing some more things that we're working on. And I mean, he's very involved in this, you know, and it, it was, it was pretty cool, but I mean, we're on it in a big way now. I mean, I get up, I have oatmeal for, for breakfast every day, you know, put some blueberries in there and, and I eat leafy greens six times a day. That's, uh, that's something that's actually not in the book, but it's something that he now talks about a lot. Uh, and that kind of replenishes those or helps to replace the endothelial cells that I've damaged all those years. Well, let me, uh, let me interject for a second. I, people don't know, but I've, uh, I've actually heard Dr. Esselton speak about three times in the last couple of months. And I actually went to the – Dr. Esselton has a, a, a once-a-month workshop where people come from literally all over the country who have bad disease, and, and it's a six-hour – presentation. He, he does it. His wife does it. They have case studies. And one of the things is greens, What he, why he does it is greens with a little uh, vinegar, but um, release um, an enzyme that helps make nitric oxide, which is the, the gas that uh, helps protect the endothelium, which is the inner lining of the artery, which is what his whole, a lot of his whole emphasis is about. So you you got on the, the the greens times six a day bandwagon, huh? <laughs> you bet. And you know, I I do balsamic vinegar, which I didn't even know that I liked. You know, so uh, some of it you kind of got to get used to. But once you do, it's it's now I, it's almost like uh, if I miss it, I'm looking for a place to find a bag of greens. You know. So so for breakfast you'd have your oatmeal, you have your blueberries. Did you put any flaxseed in it or anything like that? Or oh, you... I do. Yes, I do. I use uh, flaxseed in the oatmeal uh, every day, and I'll, I'll actually put a couple of teaspoons in uh, or tablespoons in on top of the greens before I put the vinegar on there. Wow. And um, did you use a nut milk, or what do you put on your oatmeal? Uh, nothing. I just put water, a little water in it, and microwave it. And do you drink anything for breakfast? Tea, coffee? No. no. No, okay. I actually uh, the last time I guess when, I, when we went, went to Cleveland, um, they had uh, started talking about the caffeine, and I don't remember if he actually said don't drink any coffee, but they were uh, trying to minimize minimize the amount of caffeine in coffee. So you know we, we went to decaf, and after 
drinking decaf. It was like, well, I, I'm not drinking coffee for the taste, so I just quit drinking it all together. <laughs> all right. So you got you got greens and oatmeal for breakfast. That makes me laugh. Um, but I just saw Ann Esselton, the, the wife of Dr. Esselton, actually make a concoction like that at a seminar last last weekend. So, um, so did you snack between breakfast and lunch? Uh, I'll eat about ten o'clock. I will eat um, at the at my office. I've got a, a full kitchen there, and I keep kind of a, a stash of of corn tortillas, black beans. I've got rice and potatoes, uh, you know, like frozen rice and potatoes that you can microwave real quick. A lot of pico de gallo and uh, uh, salsa, and uh, so I will make me a couple of these burritos, little small burritos, about ten o'clock, and that's and I'll put uh, I'll put hummus on it and. Uh, rice and potatoes and black beans and this this pico de gallo and salsa and that and then I'll eat a, a pretty good thing of fruit at the same time uh, and then I'll finish off with a banana and that keeps me for the rest of the day and I'm, I'll eat dinner about you know four thirty five o'clock as soon as I get home and my wife will you know have something out of one of the recipes or or you know, she makes an amazing spaghetti sauce that you can't even tell doesn't have meat in it. I mean, we eat a lot of eggplant and mushrooms. And, um, but that that I don't eat anything from about 10 to – I'll have a banana and maybe a little bit more fruit at, at 3 o'clock after, after I do a workout. But um, um, And then I'll eat dinner about 5, five or 6 o'clock. We are talking to uh, Ken Stone, who uh, had a heart attack at the age of 53 and made a dramatic lifestyle change following the – uh, prevent reverse heart disease uh, program by Dr. Caldwell Esselton, inspired by his uh, good friend, Dr. State Notry, who is a cardiovascular surgeon who has kind of followed the same path. So we've got uh, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So what were the hardest things for you to give up? For example, Dr. Esselton's a, a no-oil guy and, and no-nuts no nuts guy. So uh, w- were those difficult to give up? Well, you know, I think I'm, a, I'm in a little different situation. Everyone always asks me that question, oh my gosh, how did you do that? I mean, you know, that's amazing what you're doing, you know, and, and you know, I kind of look at it from the other way. I, I go, man, what an idiot eating like I did and getting myself in that situation in the first place, you know, and so when all of this happened, it wasn't a, I can honestly say it wasn't hard for me. It wasn't like, oh, I can't eat this or I can't eat that. I'm staring at open heart surgery that my dad died from. I mean, my kids don't have kids yet. I'm not. I'm not a grandparent yet. I mean, I'm looking at everything that's in front of me. It was not hard for me. <laughs> I mean, it was like, okay, now sign me up. I'm in. You know. So it was a little different for me. I, I was highly motivated. I mean, it, I had severe, or have, you know, severe heart disease, and my arteries were, they were. All of them were clogged up. I mean, it was kind of an all or nothing. It was not really difficult for me at all. <laughs> so tell me, you you have this, uh, I'm curious about, you, you have a company and you have lots of employees, correct? Yes. Okay. So has your health change affected them at all or do you kind of, does it trickle down to them that you sh- share some things? Very much so. Very much so. A lot of people, you know, I mean, obviously they can see you losing that weight. I lost over 50 pounds. Um, in literally four months, and 
so everyone was seeing that, and then of course, you know, it's always a fiasco when I pull out all the stuff in the, in the uh, from the refrigerator about ten o'clock, and everybody walks by and looks like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> so you know, I get a chance to share a lot, you know, and obviously when people uh, are really interested, you know, when we have a couple of people that have had some. Uh, um, medical problems that are trying to get healthy and they obviously want to know more about it. And I keep a copy of Dr. Elston's book in my in my truck. It's kind of my my thing. And you know, when the minute somebody really gets into it, I'll go get it and give it to them. And and say, you know, read it and when you get finished, give it to somebody else. And so I've probably given about two dozen of them away and, and I'm you know, here in in South Lake, Texas I think that the Barnes and Noble there probably thinks that wow, that's one of the top selling books. <laughs> I'll give it away and I'll go buy another one. Good for you. And obviously, your wife has been a great. Uh, Patty's been a great um, help in this. Well, you know that's the thing that I tell people. You know, I get to going on. I get passionate about it, and then you know I realize that you know I couldn't have done it without her. I mean, she obviously was eating better and uh and was in much better shape than I was anyway but once once we read the book and she just was all in as well so she is 100% um doing the same thing and so you know that made it happen i mean because she read all the recipes and you know we've done all kinds of different dishes and so she between her educating herself and then educating me, I mean, I'm, all I've done is just kind of follow her lead. So, I mean, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done it without her. I, I think that it would be difficult if you went on this diet without your, you know, your partner uh, doing it because it's kind of fun. I mean, we, we do it together. It's a, it's a complete, uh, when we're out and about, you know, you're always looking for, for new things and, you know, if you want to, go out to eat you have to really research it because it's difficult i mean there's only you know there's only a few places that actually serve dishes that you can eat and otherwise you have to go talk to the chef and get them to prepare something so but anyway yeah she's she's been my light for 32 years and i wouldn't been able to do any of this without her that's great um what um medicines are you on now have you got off them or are you still on some or what i'm off of the beta blocker uh my got off of that after a year um, the PA there uh, looked it all over, and we we asked. I mean, we actually had to say, "Hey, which one of these can you get off?" And um, she looked at, looked everything over. And uh, again, my blood pressure had always been low, and uh, so she said, "Yeah, great. We'll take you off the beta blocker." I think that my cardiologist is going to want me on the uh, blood thinner for at least another year. That's not my favorite thing to take, but uh, obviously, I understand it with the, uh, the type of uh, stent they put in. That brings up a really important point. Now, was it warfarin or Coumadin, or was it a blood thinner where you don't have to worry about, for example, many patients, will their their doctors will say, don't eat greens because there's vitamin K. So if they're on warfarin or Coumadin, that creates a problem. Are you on a, a blood thinner? It's, that... not, it's not Coumadin. It's, um, okay. Uh, but, and you know what? No one has ever asked me that question. No one's ever told me not to eat greens. Yeah, we... So, you wouldn't have to if you were if you were on Coumadin, they would say it. But if you're on the okay. new the newer blood thinners, then then good. You don't have to deal with that. Um, right. So, are you still on Crestor? Uh, yes, a half a dose at five. Was it milligrams? You're right. Uh, that, that's all it is. So, how low is your how low is your last cholesterol? Do you remember? Uh, my last cholesterol count. Um, my 
bad cholesterol was 65, 66, and my good mm-hmm. cholesterol had gotten uh, over 60. Uh, which was, they told you you couldn't do that unless you were, you know, an Olympic athlete, you know. Well, you can if you eat right. <laughs> well, you're also... And do a little exercise. Right. So what's your exercise regimen now? Um, I'll work out every day uh, for about 45 minutes. I'll do cardio, uh, you know, treadmill, elliptical, Stairmaster, uh, and then a couple of times a week I will do... Uh, body weights, nothing, nothing real heavy. I'm not trying to be Mr. Atlas or anything. Just to, you know, I'll do uh, upper body work one day, and uh, and then one day a week I'll do leg work. You know, do lunges and uh, squats, stuff like that. Real, real simple uh, weight stuff, but mainly the uh, the cardio. I do that every day. I mean, that's it's become a. You really wake up in the morning and try to figure out, okay, what time am I going to work out today? And once you start doing it, and I never did it. I would, I was the guy, you don't understand, I'm too busy, you know, everyone says you got to make time. You know, y'all don't get it. I am an officer of a company, I'm very busy, I don't have time for this. I'm not going to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and I'm not going to work out at 8 o'clock at night. So I was that guy. Uh, so when you have a heart attack and they tell you to, that you need to exercise as well, you find time, and you realize that you were kind of dumb for saying that for so many years. Because yes, you can work out every day if you need to. Well, it's been perfect. This is, uh, grab a great message. Is there any la- one last uh, thought you'd like to share with the, the listening audience? Well, the one thing that that I would point that I try to get across to people that it, you are responsible for your own health care. Uh, doctors are smart people, and they are trying really hard to help a lot of people. And they are doing a great job. I have nothing against them. I mean, obviously, I think they're wonderful. But what people don't understand is that you are responsible for your health. You have to understand what's going on and what, what's available. You cannot rely on the doctors and the nurses. They're going to get you a certain way there. Uh, uh, you know, I thought I was healthy. I thought everything was, was good. And I'm a, I consider myself a fairly intelligent person. And when they tell you to, well, you need to eat better and you need to work out and all of that, well, that's one thing. But somebody needs to get the point across that you have to do that. And, and I don't think that the American people understand that. I mean, the, the masses. That you, it's not just a you're going to do better if you do that. You have to exercise and you have to eat we have to eat better uh and you know no one can make you do that you have to do it yourself and you have to uh you have to read and and stay up to to date on some of this stuff but don't just go to the doctor every year and when he says you're doing great you know okay i'll see you next year that's not good enough you have to pay attention to your body and pay attention to your you know to your own health well ken i want to thank you very much for taking time on a, a Saturday. And uh, I want to thank you, the audience, for listening to this edition of the Staying Healthy Today show. Remember, you can listen to this podcast either on iTunes or at stayinghealthytoday.com. And I'll have some links to some educational information below the uh, podcast. So until next time, stay and be well. Mm-hmm.